preach to you one word called desire. We find this in the, gospel, in the, in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 1, our theme for the year. Paul has just finished chapter 13, the love chapter. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love endures all things. Love never fails. I can have a team. My, my words are a tinkling cymbal and a sounding breast, but if I have not love, I am nothing. These three things remain, faith hope and love but the greatest of these is love he has just gone through an entire dissertation of, of chapter 13 about the power of love and then he transitions it into chapter 14 verse 1 that you and I are to pursue love number two we are to desire spiritual gifts and number three above all are especially that we that you may prophesy that's what we're doing next Sunday. I'm going to show you the images of the new sanctuary. I want you to be a part of it because it'll be hard to see it on your phone. I want you to be a part of the service next Sunday. But, but we're not giving you a plan. We're giving you a prophecy. Yes. We're prophesying and we're declaring. The power of prophecy is letting my words come into alignment with what I'm pursuing and desiring. You can pursue things and you can desire things, but your words can talk you away from what it is you're after. You can, be you can talk yourself out of what God is pulling you into. Next Sunday, prophesy that you would prophesy. Today, I want to preach to you, speak to you just for a few minutes on the power of desire. As we deal with pursuing love and, and desiring spiritual gifts, today, let's focus in on desire. This word pursue is interesting because it means that I am to go after, to attack, that I may attain, obtain that thing which I'm after. It is an outward action. And while pursue is an outward action, desire is an inward one. It is this inward longing for. In the Greek, it means literally to long for, to earnest want of, to, or an earnest want of, or, or an inward affection towards a thing. While I'm pursuing outwardly love, I'm, I'm desiring inwardly spiritual gifts. That, that Listen to me, this thing, desire, is a very dangerous thing if it's put in the wrong direction. Desire towards the wrong thing will create devastation in your life. When you have a desire for something that is contrary to what you actually need, it usually ends in devastation. And I want you to hear me today because there's a difference between passion and desire. Because most often passion is attached to my feelings and my emotions. This is why we say things like, oh, they were a passionate lover. Or, or they, they killed someone and it was a crime of passion. What they're saying is, is it wasn't premeditated. It wasn't thought out. They got so emotionally angry. They got so emotionally frustrated. They got so emotionally involved that they begin to act upon their passion. And that passion produced this particular thing. That passion is usually in alignment with how you feel. But we do not walk how we feel. We walk our faith. And passion will mess you up because passion fades. But this inward desire, this inward longing, watch this, is in alignment with my focus and my resolve. 
that when I have a desire about something, I think about it. I dwell on it. I lay in bed. I dream about it. I'm processing it. My eyes are closed, and it's still churning on the inside of me because there is a longing. There is a desire that I have. And listen, my desire is in alignment with my focus. That's why David said in Psalm chapter 27, verse 4, one thing have I desired, and that one thing I seek. I got a lot of passions. I got a passion for instruments. I got a passion for music. I got a passion for all these things. But David said, one thing have I desired, and that one thing I seek, and it is to know you. I have a longing to know you. I, I have an earnest focus to know you. You're what I think about in the morning. You're what I think about in the afternoon. I have a longing to know and experience you. Paul echoed these same sentiments when he said that I may know you, that I may know you in the fellowship of your suffering, that I may know you in the power of your resurrection. I just want to know you in a, he's talking about the desire of his heart. So the question we have to answer this morning is how do I ensure that I'm desiring the right things? It's a powerful thing because we find in Psalm 37 verse 4 this particular powerful statement by David. He says, delight yourself. Uh-oh. So I take my delight and I don't put it in my spouse. I take my delight, I don't put it in my recreation. I don't take my delight and put it in my money. I take my delight and I put it in the Lord because ultimately he's the only one that won't disappoint me. Ultimately he's the only one that won't let me down. So if I will choose to delight myself in the Lord, watch the text, he will give you what? The desires of your heart. Now, most people read that text and say, if I delight myself in God, he'll give me that new car. If I delight myself in God, he'll give me my new house. If I delight myself in God, he'll give me a new job. No, I don't believe that's what David meant. He said, if I put my delight in him, he'll put the right desire in me. Come on, y'all preaching with me now. That, that it's not, he's going to give me my name and claim it, blab it and grab it. I'm not preaching prosperity gospel stupidity. Where we just pull the right lever and we get the breakthrough. He's not a genie in a bottle that I can praise the right way. I'm not talking about Santa Claus salvation here. I'm talking about I put my delight in him and then he'll take the desire that he has for me and put that desire in me so that I desire in me what he desires me to have. If I will delight in him, he will put desire in my heart for what he wants me to have. Watch this. That, that he will give me the desire, not merely answer my desire's request. So now we're here in the Gospel of Mark chapter 11. Jesus is talking. And Jesus answered the congregation, the people, the disciples and all them that had all these questions. Here's what he said. He said, watch this. Have faith in Glenn. Have faith in my 401K. Have faith in the White House. Come on. Have faith in our job. See, many of us serve Job Jireh, not Jehovah Jireh. We have, have faith in the doctor's report. Have faith in the prescription. No, he says, listen, you, you got to get this from the very beginning. Have faith in God. 
Hear me today. If there's ever been a time where we need to have faith in God, this is the time we need to have faith in God. This is the time where people will say, oh, we're going to hell in the proverbial handbasket. The devil is a lie. I have faith in God. I have faith in God. And I've never seen the oh, inflation. You should see how much the gas was. You see the bread. I can't find no bread anywhere. We can't do this. We can't find stuff. All this stuff going on. People calamity. Criminals happening in the city. All this stuff. Gloom, doom, despair. Tragedy on me. If I didn't have bad luck, I'd have no luck at all. The devil is a lie. I've never seen the righteous forsaken his seed begging for bread. Though he slay me, yet will I praise him. The enemy may come in like a flood, but the Spirit of the Lord is going to raise up a standard against him. No weapon formed against me. I don't care what Russia's doing. It doesn't matter what you created. They're, Thou, O oh Lord, are a shield for me, the glory and the lifter of my head. Yeah. Have faith in God. Woo, I felt like preaching there. Have faith in God. Faith in God. And look what he says. For assuredly, I say to you, assuredly, I say to you, I'm not mixing words here is what the master is saying. Whoever speaks to this mountain and tells it to be removed and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, look at this, but believes that those things he says will be done. Hold on. Believes those things which he says will be done. This is why you have to watch your mouth. Because your mouth will declare what you believe and that will be done. You're not sick, but you keep talking about the migraine. I feel a migraine coming on the way. I feel a migraine coming on. I feel a migraine coming on. Well, guess what's coming on? Come on, you won't talk your right, yourself right into it. Oh, this, this relationship's not going to work out. This marriage, I'm telling you, this marriage is not going to work out. I got to have a backup. Well, if you keep saying it, Okay, all right. For he will have whatever he says. This is why you have to be careful what you call your kids. Because what you call them, they'll become. Stupid. Well, why are you surprised over that F? You've been speaking it over them ever since they were little. Oh, it is quiet in this Holy Ghost filled church. I hit a nerve. I'll keep going. You're a mistake. Well, no wonder they live insecure. They may have been an oopsie to you, but they are not an oopsie to God. Before they were formed in your womb. Okay, let me move on. Therefore, I say to you, look at what he says. Whatever he says will come to pass. And now Jesus says, now let me tell you what I'm saying. Because he believes this. And he's expecting what he's about to say to come to pass. Whatever things you desire. desire, not just passionate about, not just want, but whatever things you desire. Where does desire come from? When I delight myself in the Lord, he gives me that desire. Whatever things I've put in you to desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Hang on, don't lock me into prosperity preaching that I'm trying to get money out of your. Don't lock me into televangelism. This is the word of the Lord. This is not prosperity. This is not name and claim it, blab it and grab it nonsense. This is not. This is not pretend word of faith. But if, if I desire it, 
when I pray. Look at the text. Not if I pray. Could it be the reason why this thing's been held up is because you won't get on your knees? Well, the Lord knows my heart. But does he know your voice? Could it be not your heart that's in the way? It could be your voice. Because somewhere you can yell at everybody, but when it comes to him, you have spiritual laryngitis. You have not because you. Huh. When you pray, look at what he says. That if you, whatever things you desire, when you pray, believe. Why do I have to pray about it? Here's why. Because my desires are purged in the fire of my prayer. Let me say it again. My desires are purged in the fire of my prayer life. Even Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane said, I don't want to go through this. I have no desire. Let this cup pass from me. This is my desire that somebody else drinks out of this cup. But in the middle of that prayer, while he's saying, God, Father, don't make me do this, by the end of that prayer, he's going, God, I yield myself to you, Father. Whatever you want me to do, I'll drink of this bitter cup if that's what's required of me. I will do this. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done even in my life, that I may glorify you. What happened? His desire for pleasing the Lord outweighed the pain of what he potentially was about to go through. It was all purged in the fire of his prayer life. So when I pray, I believe I receive it. Oh, look at the text. See, I've never seen it this way all these years. When you pray, believe you receive them. All of my life, I felt like this meant when I pray, then I can just believe that sooner or later it's going to show up. But when I'm praying according to the desire that he put in my heart, I don't have to wait for this. At the point of my prayer, I believe I have received this gift that I'm desiring. I believe I received it. And then you shall... So there's a get it and there's a have it. So where does the get it come in, and where does the have it come in? I'm so glad you asked. When I pray, I'm acting in a spiritual way. So in the spirit realm, I believe right now I receive that gift. In the spirit realm, it is mine. I'm praying according to the desire that God has placed in my life because I'm delighting in him. So, Father, thank you right now that this gift belongs to me. I thank you that your desire, you sent your word to heal all our diseases. So I thank you right now for the gift of healing that sits on my body, that sits on my knees, that sits on my arthritis, that sits on that gout in my toe. Come on, y'all. I, I just thank you, Lord, right now that the gift of healing sits on my life. I praise you in the spirit realm because I'm praying in the spirit right here in this moment. I thank you, Lord, that the gift is mine. I receive it, and I thank you for that gift. Yeah. But in the natural realm, it's on the way. So in the spirit, I receive it. In the natural, it's just a matter of time. Oh, God, have mercy. In the spirit, it is yes and amen. But in the natural... Could this be the day? <laughs> oh, see, I know some of you looking at me like your mama don't love you, but listen to me. <laughs> listen to me. Listen to me. 
You know what this kind, I don't know if I have that kind of faith. Yes, you do. Every time you order on Amazon. Every time you order on Amazon, you have that kind of faith. You go ahead and pay the price up front. Y'all don't hear what I'm saying. You pay the price up front over Amazon. Come on. You pay an extra price to get it in two days. And you sit here going, ah, my God. And you go down to that list and you say, it's mine. I thank you, it's mine. I got the thing in the bank to be able to afford this thing. It's mine. I'm going to push the buttons and declare it's mine. I send confirmation that I'm saying I'll pay the price to have this thing received in my life. And within just a few minutes, you get confirmation this thing is on the way. And y'all will sit there and you'll wait and you don't get stressed out. You don't worry because you know that there is a delivery appointed time. Y'all don't hear what I'm saying. So you sit there with expectation that what was yours that has been paid for is on its way. Listen to me. You didn't pay for your healing by his stripes. You are healed. So I received that. He already paid the price. I'm just waiting on the appointed time. I never believed I would preach Amazon. There it is. You have faith. You have that kind of faith. And then you know what you do? In the event they mess it up, you have faith, they'll fix it. You believe that if the FedEx or the UPS man gets in the way of that deliverance, you have the faith that you'll go back to the app. You'll go back to the store. You'll go back to them and say, look, I just want you to know, I believe it's mine. I believe the price has been paid, but somebody got in the way and jacked this thing up. But I believe you're going to take care of that thing. And you know every single time they come right back and say, no problem. We'll make a redirect. We'll turn this thing around. We'll make sure I'm sorry for the inconvenience. Here's your reward. You got that kind of faith. You use it all the time. I almost made everybody who, who, who buys on Amazon raise their hand. I know you got this kind of faith. I know you got the kind of faith. When I pray in the spirit realm, I receive it and I thank him that it's mine. Now it's just a matter of the natural realm coming to that delivery date. Could this be the day? That's the reason why I worship the way I worship. That's the reason why I walk the way I walk. Because I believe this might very well be the day of my deliverance. This might be the day where he turns it around. This, I believe it's already done. We call those things which aren't as though they were. They're not in the natural, but they are in the spirit realm. So I, watch this. So receiving it in the spirit precedes me receiving it in the natural. Oh, God, if you've ever been healed, you know what I'm saying. Because you said in the spirit realm, oh, God, I'm healed. You didn't go to the doctor to perform it. You go to the doctor to confirm it. Because in the spirit realm, you've already received. Oh, God. If you've ever been pregnant, you go and you go through a test. And before you ever feel anything on the inside, you know there's something being developed. And you believe it. It's just a matter of time before you start showing it. So when I pray, it's the same thing. 
I say, Lord, I thank you today that I am healed. I thank you today that my son is saved. I thank you today that that bondage is broken. I thank you today that that provision is being released. And in the spirit realm, I thank you and I receive it now by the power and the authority of Jesus Christ and in him alone. And then in the natural realm, you're just waiting on it to show up. So in the spirit when I pray... I believe I have received it, and I will, it will be given to me in the natural. This is interesting, because there's a little bit of contrast between the spirit realm and the natural realm. But we find this in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. The writer is echoing an Old Testament verse. He says, no eye has seen, and no ear has heard, and it's never even entered into the heart of man. What God has laid up are prepared for those who love him. Continuing the text. But God has revealed them to us, not through the natural, not through our eyes, not through our ears, not through our feelings. Okay, These are our senses. But he didn't reveal it through what makes sense. Oh, God, I hope you're catching what I'm saying this morning. Most of us are trying to have a sensible God. But God is not about making sense to start out with. He's wanting to make spirit. Here's why. But God revealed them to us through his spirit. Watch this. For the spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of man except the spirit of what? Of man which is in him. Even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. Now we have received, uh-oh, here it is, not from the Spirit of the world, but we have received from the Spirit who is from God that we might know the things that have been freely given. Those are gifts to us by God. The issue that we see in the church of America today is everyone is carnal, not spiritual. We're carnal. That does, carnal Christians can still go to heaven. doesn't mean you're going to hell. It just means everything God does has to be flesh attached. We need God to continually make sense in order for us to believe it. It, the word carnal in, in the Greek, it actually means meaty, fleshly. And, and most of us live a fleshly, carnal life, and, and we, we shout about what God is doing that is clear and obvious to us through our senses. But hear me, spiritual gifts are spiritual, they're not sensual. So we want a sensual God who makes sense to us, but I submit to you, if God makes sense, is he really God? Where is the faith I need? If it makes sense, he's asking me to do it. So in order for me to receive, I have to receive in the spirit realm so that it may make manifestation in the natural realm. Okay. We all right? Yep. Felt like I just went into the deep end. You okay? <laughs> all right. So that's why I have to be led by the spirit. Walk in the spirit and you will not fulfill the desires of the 
There's a spirit desire that I find when I delight in him that he will put in me. And in order for those things to make manifestation, I have to receive them in the spirit realm. And it's just a matter of time before they're delivered in the natural. So here's what he says in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Concerning spiritual gifts, don't be ignorant. That's what they say back in Laurenburg. They didn't say ignorant. It's ignorant. Don't be ignorant. Don't be ignorant. That, listen, that doesn't mean don't be stupid. Ignorance is not stupidity. Ignorance is the lack of knowledge and understanding. And Paul is admonishing us as a church to not be ignorant. Get some knowledge. Oh, I'm, I'm in Proverbs now. In all thy getting. In all your getting. In all this hustle. Man, if you get understanding, if you get knowledge, knowledge is really where the power is. Concerning spiritual gifts, the desire is for us to learn, not earn. Spiritual gifts. In order for me to receive a gift, I have to learn how to take care of it, not earn the right to receive it. It is a gift. And this is the challenge of religious people. We want to do the right thing to get the right to earn it, to have it. But when it's a gift, I have to learn how to be a great receiver, a humble receiver. Because I can't chase after spiritual gifts and get them. I can't be holy enough to receive spiritual gifts. If they're gifts, he is releasing them to me as he knows he can trust me to hold them with holy hands. Are y'all following me today? So let's talk about said gifts. Ready? 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. This gift is not, these spiritual gifts are not just for you. But they're the profit of all. For one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit. To another, the word of knowledge through the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, the gifts of healing by the same Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, the discerning of spirits. To another, different kinds of tongues. And to another, interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he desires. So we run around and we have gift envy. Oh, if I could just have the gift of healing, then I would be extra spiritual. Oh, if I could just have the gift of miracles. Oh, then they would give me a title at the church. Oh, if I could just have the gift of prophecy. Oh, I don't know why I'm saying it that way, but it feels right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I just, just love, I'm just so holy. Right? You, no, no, you're not. You've just been gifted. You're not gifted. You've been gifted. And, and oh, by the way, for all my gifted people, too much that has been much is just in case you think you can be gifted and carnal. Just in case you think you can be holy and to much that has been given with your gifted self. Much is... I love the text, man. 
So these are the nine gifts of the Spirit. But hear me. He doesn't want you to be ignorant concerning spiritual gifts. So let me mess with it just for a minute. Did you know your wife is a gift? Oh, every married woman should have amen me, shouted me down right there. Elbow in the name of Jesus. Did you know a wife is a gift? The Bible says that he who finds a wife finds a, watch, here's the gift, and has obtained from who? The Lord. Your wife is a gift. Uh-oh. Here we go. But if all she is is flesh to you, you you'll treat her and all it is is carnal. And you'll talk to her like all it's about is the desire of fulfillment of your own personal flesh. You will want the sensuality of the relationship, not the reward of having that gift. Oh. So when the gift does not open for business, I got babies in the room. So when the gift is not willing to be open, you'll grab your phone and find a woman when what God gave you was not a woman, he gave you a wife. Look at the, oh God, look at the text. It doesn't say he who finds a woman finds a good thing. Have you met some of the women? Every woman is not a good thing. Uh, mm. David saw a woman from a window. Solomon had 600 wives. And he died almost crazy. And just about lost the kingdom. Every woman is not the favor of the Lord. But look at the text. He who finds a... That doesn't mean who, who, he who finds my wife. Oh, God. Look at the text. That means she was already a wife before I ever stood before the preacher. Well, where was she a wife? Because she didn't have a... Some of y'all got that. Others of you, on the way home, just ask the question. Beyonce. Okay. <laughs> All right. Just make sure y'all okay. Okay. So stupid. Okay. She's not a wife because she's not married. But God says when you find her, she is one. So where is she a wife? In the spirit realm. She was a wife before you, because, oh God, because you can't make her a wife. She has to already be a wife. You might find her, but you didn't make her. You might have got in covenant with her, but he, oh God, he who finds a wife, this is, oh God have mercy, I can't wait for 1130 when I got a bunch of single 20 year olds in there. Because, oh, you can't make a, a wife. Oh, some of y'all got that. Come on now. You hear what I'm saying? She's already a wife in the spirit realm. And it's just a matter of time. It's just a matter of time before it manifests in the natural. Yet that ceremony did not make her a wife. She was already operating as one. I thank you, Lord, that there is a man for me. And that is not him. That is not him. That is not him. 
But all of a sudden, we're sitting there praying, and we're going, oh, God. And, and you know how it is. When you find that woman for the first time, you're like, oh, God, I'm going to marry her. Now, unless you're a dog, right? But hear me, cockroaches have babies. I'm not talking about making babies or being sensual. I'm talking about coming into holy covenant with somebody that God has prepared for you. She's a wife, finds a good thing, and has obtained favor from the Lord. And if you'll learn to treat her as a spiritual gift, you will not take advantage of her in the natural. Because she's God's gift that he has given for you to steward. That's so good. Children. The Bible says that children are an inheritance. From who? From the Lord. Hold on. Hold on. God has given me my inheritance, and part of my inheritance is in the way of the children that he has blessed me to hold and to have and to steward. They're my inheritance, and some of you are very disappointed with what you got. <laughs> but hang on, because you're just looking in the natural. You're seeing their struggle. You're seeing their compromise. You're seeing them walk away. You're seeing them disappointing you. You're seeing them not live up. But I'll just remind you, there was a day you built a testimony too. You haven't been holy all the days of your life either. There's a few things that you had going on back in the day too. Y'all know where the nearest club is too. Come on, a little bit older now. Come on, come on. You know what it was like in the 60s for free love? And you're sitting here upset because this prodigal needs a pig pen in this season. But if God could turn you around, and some of you, he didn't have to go far. He found you in church, and you were bitter, and you were mean, and you were angry, and you were vindictive, and you were religious. And if he can wash all that clean, he can deal with the stuff out there that maybe your child is disappointing you with now. But if you don't see them in the spirit realm, you don't realize this is why we must train up a child in the way they should go. And when they're old, they will not depart. Why? Because in the spirit realm, I have set stakes in the ground of what godliness and holiness and righteousness is for you. And you may run, but you won't get past the chain of his robe. Okay. Spiritual gift. So, come on, Chris Ann. We all right? So, delight in the Lord. He'll give me the desire. When I get the desire, it's important for me to pray and receive it in the spirit before it ever manifests in my senses but knowing that sooner or later it's going to show up. So I receive it. I call those things which aren't as though they were. That when I prayed, I say yes. I don't, oh God, I pray from a place called done. That the moment I prayed about it, it's done. It has been set into motion. It is done in the spirit realm and the natural realm. God has created the appointed time for it to show up in my life. And my job is to ensure that I'm not ignorant about what he has given me. So what do I do with these gifts that I've desired and I have received? Well, we find it in 2 Timothy chapter 1. It's our job to stir up the gift. Where is the gift? Yeah, okay. It can't be in me if I didn't receive it. Oh, I hope y'all are getting this this morning. I had to receive it for it to be in me. You can't heal me of cancer if I don't have cancer on the inside. If cancer is not in me, I don't need chemotherapy. 
But the fact that he's telling me to stir it up on the inside is the indicator I have received it. The fact that it is dormant is an indicator that it's there. It's just not activated. So I pray and I say, Lord, I thank you because I long for the desire of the spiritual gifts to be released in my life. I thank you, Lord, in the spirit realm. This is for somebody in this room. I thank you in the spirit realm right here, Lord, that my wife is already mine. I thank you that she is protected. I thank you that she is healthy. I thank you that there are no scrubs around her trying to rob her of the gifts that she has in our holy matrimony. I thank you, Lord, that right here in the spirit realm, my son's addiction is broken. I thank you, Lord, I receive right now the fullness of joy that depression is not the portion of those people that I love. I thank you that healing is mine. I receive it now in the spirit realm, knowing that in the natural is on its way. So I stir the gift. I stir the gift. By the laying on of hands, I stir up the gift. The gift of God that's on the inside of me. It's on the inside of me. In other words, I've received it. It's mine. Today, I shake it, I stir it, I fan the flame, whatever translation you I fan the flame, the gift of God that's on the inside of me to say, I will not allow it to remain dormant, but if you've given me the gift, I'm going to function and operate in that said gift. It's mine, and now I stir it on the inside. What would happen to your business meeting if the gift of wisdom gets stirred up on the inside of you? What would happen to your business if the gift of the words of knowledge was stirred up on the inside of you and he released divine strategy because of the gift that's being activated on the inside of you? Pastor, you mean you want me to sit in the boardroom and say, thus saith the Lord? Could it be that the thus saith the Lord is the very thing that unlocks breakthrough in your business? every contingency to perpetuate the sickness of your child but could it be that that child is still sick because the gift of healing has been dormant in you but by the laying on of hands I stir up the gift of healing that's on the inside you release the gift we desire the greater gifts that are needed in this moment and we by the laying on of hands say that healing is the portion of our child well what if it doesn't work what if it does? What if it doesn't work the first time? What if it works the eighth time? Eight is the number of new beginnings. What if it doesn't work the first year? What if it works the third year? So here's what I've learned, and I'm done with this. Most of us want to operate in spiritual gifts but we're afraid of being wrong and looking stupid fair well let me help you pull, pull that down just a little bit let me help you you already look stupid I'm setting some of you free you already look stupid I can't believe you say that pastor well, you do. You mean that you believe you're saved because God came down to a little virgin girl 
conceived the Lamb of God who could take away the sins of the world. Yep, stupid. If you're looking through flesh, doesn't make sense. Doesn't make sense. You believe he hung on a cross and that was the penalty for every sin you would commit in 2022? Yes, you look stupid. You believe on the third day he rose again and they didn't just like body snatch? Yeah. That doesn't make sense. That looks stupid. You believe he has ascended to the Father, seated at the right hand of the Father, and has now become the intercessor for you and me. He's praying for you and me. Yes. You believe that when he gave up the ghost on the cross, the Holy Spirit has now descended and come down and become the comforter, and he's no longer the God that is with us, but he is now the God that dwells within us? You have God on the inside of you? You already look stupid. We might as well go the whole distance. We might as well confirm it. But I'm going to tell you what doesn't look stupid. What doesn't look stupid is when you lay hands on them and you say the gift of healing is being released right now for that person and all of a sudden that whole world turns around and now it makes sense in the natural when it didn't make sense when it was just in the spirit. Oh, God have mercy. In the, in the first service, we had this, this baby. I can share a little bit more about it now. We had this baby that came in and... and mom was a drug addict gave birth to it and because because the baby was born with drugs in its system they took it away from his mother and put it in the hands of one of one of her siblings one of her, her family members they were already telling this baby the the the, the, the sister that this child is more than likely going to have dysfunction and breakdowns in their ability neurology uh, yeah that word neurologically been doing a whole lot of words this morning neurologically He's already, they're already preparing them that he's going to have exceptions because of the drug addiction. They came to the 830 service. Why would you bring a baby out at 19 degrees? Some of, some of y'all, y'all here at 10 o'clock, y'all woke up at 7, didn't come to the 830 service. <laughs> Why didn't you come? Because you didn't want to get out in the cold. They took a baby. They took a baby that has been diagnosed as a crack baby. And they brought it out to the cold, brought him out to the, in the cold at the 8.30 service. That don't make no sense. But the Spirit of the Lord invaded this place. And I heard the voice of God come in, the Spirit of prophecy. I said, bring that baby up here. His name is Isaac. Oh, if I could preach on Isaac for a minute. His name is Isaac. This drug addict mother had no idea she was, God have mercy. Y'all don't know. He, she was naming him a man of promise. Good Lord have mercy. She was a crackhead all strung up, but she had enough God sense to put a word, a name on him that talked about promise. They brought that baby up. We laid our hands. The entire church began to pray, and there was a breakthrough that happened. I believe that we're going to get a testimony soon that everything has been regulated. Watch this. It didn't make sense for her to be here at 830, but now that breakthrough has come, boy, that makes a whole lot of sense. It was in the spirit before it and I'm here today to tell you, your eye has not seen, your ear has not heard, but it will be done. Somebody give God praise all over this room this morning. Good God, give Him praise. Yeah. Hey, we say change. Oh, here now. We say change. 
understand why we don't want to look stupid. I understand why we don't want to be embarrassed. I understand that we don't want to be wrong. But Paul wrote to his spiritual son Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 6 to stir up the gift that you have already received on the inside of you. And when he finishes that statement, he says this in verse 7. Look at it. For God, this gift that's on the inside of you is not the spirit of fear, but this gift has power attached to it. This gift has love attached to it. This gift has a sound mind attached to it. I'm here today to tell you, you have an opportunity for fear, but you have also an opportunity for faith to be released in somebody else's life. Do you hear what I'm saying this morning? I want you to do me a favor. Open your hands like you're about to receive a gift. Father, we receive every gift in the spirit that you have promised your sons and daughters. We ask your spirit of the living God. We thank you. We don't have to earn it. We have holy hands, and we ask you to release it according to your will, oh God. We thank you for it. Somebody give God praise. Somebody say thank you today. to become dormant it has settled in the depths of your spirit and that it has been so unused for so long that you believe you're no he's no longer gifted you with that but like Paul said to his son Timothy I stand before you today command of God, I say, stir up the gift of God on the inside of you. Oh God, stir up the gift of God on the inside of you. Somebody put your hand on your belly right here. Out of your belly will flow rivers. We opened this service this morning about the river being rising. Today I say out of your belly, there is a river of the gift of God that is rising on the inside of you. And I say stir the waters. I say stir the gift. I say stir the gift of God on the inside of you. I say that thus saith the Lord be released in your life. I say the gift of healing, the gift of miracles, the gift of wisdom, the gift of knowledge, the gift of tongues, the gift of interpretation, the gift of prophecy. We stir up the gift on the inside of you today. Every person by faith that has received a gift from the Lord, give him praise and thank him all over this room. You didn't hear what I said. I said every person that believes that God has put has deposited a gift within you. He could have gave it to anybody, but he gave it to you. He could
could have put it in anybody, but he put it in you. He could have chose anybody, but he chose. Let somebody who's grateful give God a praise in this place. Bless your name. We bless your name. Jesus, you change everything. spouses the gift that is on the inside of you we stir up the gift we stir up the intercessor we stir up the mother we stir up the gift of prayer warrior we stir up the gift of prophecy we stir up the gift of discernment and we acknowledge the gift that's on the inside today and Lord we as a husband we thank you for the gift that's on the inside of this gift that you've given us. We stir it. We say depression is not your portion today. We say resentment is not your portion today. We say fear is not your portion today. We say beauty is your portion. We say healing is your portion. We say power is your portion. We say love is your portion. We say sound mind is your portion. We say, Lord, your burden is easy. Your yoke is easy. We say light yokes, light burdens on us gifts today, oh God. And if you're thankful for that gift, give God praise all over this room. Give Him praise all over this room. I want to bless you before we leave today. Are you glad to be in the house of the Lord this morning? Amen. If you didn't like this sermon, stay for 1130. I'll try to do better. Tease it. I know the Lord dropped some significant things in season. I didn't preach it the way I preached it in the first service. It's what I love about the, what he does here. I need you to hear me this morning. I got good news. I'm going to get worse. I'm just telling you. I want you to hear me. I'm in pursuit. And there is a longing in my heart. Hear me. And it's not for a building. Thank God for what he's about to do, but I'm after him. I mean, I desire his glory. I'm just telling you. I'm just telling you. I'm in pursuit. 
I'm desiring more of him because if the world ever needed anybody, they need Jesus right now. If the world ever needed anything, they needed a house of integrity that can hold the glory of the Lord. If the world ever needed to see anything, they need to see sons and daughters of all ethnicity gathered together to raise up the banner of Jesus. If the world ever needed anything, they need the church that Jesus is building to be built according to his scriptures. And if that's not your cup of tea, I'm sorry. You picked the wrong place this week. Maybe God will help you next week, but I'm in pursuit. There's too many people that are going to hell, and I'm not okay with it. There's too many people that have a form of godliness, but they don't know. He still works miracles. He still turns things around. He still opens blinded eyes. He still sets captives free. And I'm in pursuit. So, God, I just say raise us to be a beacon in this season. Raise us to raise your banner higher. We want to make you famous in all the earth, oh God. Not our name, but your name be lifted. We ask it in Jesus' name. We ask it in Jesus' name. Next Sunday, we're going we're gonna to shout about the, the prophecy of the, the building. But hear me. There are too many people that worship buildings. And if I'm not careful, I'll let carnality become my portion and think you're the reason that it'll be built. And so I'll start going after your money versus going after the mission that's on your life. The devil is a liar. I'm after his glory. He'll build his church, but we're going to make disciples. Amen. We're going to make people who know what it is, and their shadow being cast over a sickness will bring healing into somebody else's life. There is a power that God is wanting to release in this earth in this season, and I don't know how you feel. I don't want to just watch miracles. I want to be a part of them. It's my desire. And if that scares you, good. Because I believe God is going to bring a holy reverential awe back to his house again. That we are way too casual coming into his glory. But there is going to be a bombarding of his presence that is going to make all of us fall on our, if I'm prophesying, that is going to make all of us fall on our faith and say, we're not worthy for the encounter that we're witnessing today. And he's going to take the coal off the altar and he's going to purify our lips so that the people of the Lord, the people of the beloved, the people of the redeemed only have his language in the earth. I need to shut up. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for men and women that are not only in pursuit, but they have an inward desire as well. We thank you for all the gifts that are being released into every household in this moment. I pray, Lord, that you would stir them up in our lives and us not walk in fear, but in purpose. Now, according to your word in Deuteronomy 1.11, increase us a thousand times more than what we are, that we might fulfill and receive every promise that you have given us. In the name of the Father, the freedom of the Son, the power of the Spirit of God, we ask these things. Amen and amen. Come on, give him one last prayer.